Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. Many people around the world are deficient in this one crucial mineral and don't even realize it. In fact, it's the second most abundant mineral in your body. Every one of your cells contain it and need the mineral to function. But unfortunately, studies estimate that one out of four people worldwide are deficient in it. I'm talking about zinc, of course. Zinc is an essential mineral that your body doesn't create or store, meaning daily intake is required. And my friends over at Purality Health have a new rapid-absorbing delicious zinc that's a great way to boost your zinc levels and ensure your body is getting this crucial mineral delivered to every cell in your body. With just one tablespoon a day, you can boost your immune system, improve your memory, reduce inflammation, regulate hormones, and so much more. The best part, Purality Health Zinc is one of the most easily absorbed oral forms available today. For a limited time, they're offering a special buy one, get one free deal, which is backed by a 180-day money-back guarantee. All you need to do is visit zincimmunity.com forward slash DRJ. Again, that's zincimmunity, all one word, Z-I-N-C-I-M-M-U-N-I-T-Y.com forward slash DRJ to access this exclusive deal. So take advantage of that and get a buy one, get one free on Purality Health Zinc today. Happy New Year. I know this is the new year now, and you're looking to dramatically improve your health. And this podcast is an audio recording of one of my most popular YouTube videos on how to build muscle for longevity. We know that the amount of muscle mass that you have is inversely correlated with the overall morbidity and mortality rate that you'll have, meaning the overall, the more muscle you have, the less chance you're going to develop a chronic disease and that you're going to die. And so you have greater longevity when you have a good amount of muscle mass and really overall lean body mass. So muscle, bone, joint tissue. And as people are aging, many of them are atrophying. They're losing lean body tissue. And that's why this is so important, such an important topic. And I go through this is really a comprehensive guide for how to build muscle really if you're young or if you're old. I'm not teaching you here how to be a bodybuilder, so you don't have to worry about that. If you're looking to compete as a bodybuilder, this isn't the podcast for you. But if you're looking to have good, healthy muscles so you can look good, feel good, and reduce your overall risk of chronic disease, live longer and healthier, this is the podcast for you. And it's a comprehensive guide. So great podcast to share with anybody that you know that you care about that you want to live a long, healthy life and really thrive in life. So please do that. Again, happy new year. This is the time to really take back control of our health. And if you wouldn't mind, just take a moment and go to Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast 
and find out where you can leave a review on Apple iTunes. I know it's right at the bottom and leave us a five-star review. I want to read this one from Lori. She says, I love to listen to Dr. Jockers. I'm guaranteed to learn something to improve my health when I listen to him. You can sense his passion and his willingness to share what he knows to benefit others. And he is my go-to resource when I have something specific I need info on. Thank you, Dr. Jockers. Well, thank you, Lori, for leaving that great review. That means so much to me. And if you're out there listening to this, go ahead and leave your review for me and I'll, I'll be happy to read it on this podcast, but leave it on Apple iTunes on the Dr. Jockers Functional Nutrition Podcast. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for being a part of our community and let's go into the show. Welcome back. In today's video, I'm talking about how to build muscle for longevity. There's a lot of people out there that will show you how to build muscle for bodybuilding, to look absolutely amazing. A lot of fitness people out there that can that can share information about that. That's not what I'm doing here. Now you will look good, right? And you will feel great. And ultimately this is about building muscle that's sustainable and doing it in an anti-inflammatory way. Most people that are out there teaching how to build muscle are actually doing it in a way that's gonna sacrifice your longevity and your well-being. So you might get short-term gains that make you feel good, but you're actually sacrificing your long-term health. I'm talking about how to build muscle that helps you feel great, look really good, and at the same time, support you for a really healthy, long life and support overall longevity. So when we think about, you know, one of the biggest risk factors for older individuals uh, for their risk of all-cause mortality, it's something called sarcopenia, or when they lose muscle. So when they get muscle atrophy, as they're getting older and they're inactive, um, they're, not, they're not doing the right types of exercises, they start to lose muscle. And individuals that have a significant amount of sarcopenia, the research has shown they have a two-time greater risk of all-cause mortality. So much greater risk of dying than individuals that have less sarcopenia, that have maintained or preserved a good amount of their lean body tissue. This is a really, really important topic. We know that muscle has many different functions. A lot of people think of it as just for strength, just for endurance, but muscle, the more muscle you have, the better your body's gonna be at burning fat for fuel. You're gonna have more mitochondria in the muscle. The muscle is going to be, uh, you know, in a sense, a glucose sponge, meaning that muscle tissue will actually pull sugar out of the blood and keep it in there as a, a, in a storage form we call glycogen. And that will help lower the overall blood sugar and keep your insulin levels very stable. When you keep your insulin levels stable and you keep your blood sugar stable, you have less oxidative stress and less inflammation in your body. So the more active muscle tissue you have, the less oxidative stress and inflammation you will have based on that idea. On top of that, muscle tissue also releases certain compounds called myokines. And these myokines are these little protein signals that go up and they'll actually tell the brain, okay, increase the amount of brain-derived neurotropic factor. We know exercise helps release these myokines from the muscle. And the more muscle you have, the more your, you know, the, 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 the consistency of your exercise, the more of these myokines come out and they increase neuroplasticity and they increase nerve growth factor and brain-derived neurotropic factor in your brain, which is like miracle growth for your brain. So it really keeps your brain healthy and alive, allows you to have better memory, better cognitive flexibility, better emotional control. Um, you know, so many great benefits. So it helps obviously prevent against 
the buildup of um, amyloid plaque in your brain that's associated with Alzheimer's disease or oxidative stress damaging parts, different regions of your brain leading to neurodegenerative conditions. So exercise, amazing for the brain, obviously amazing for the entire system and something that we definitely wanna be doing to help support good, healthy muscle tissue. Now, where bodybuilders and a lot of fitness people go wrong is they, they teach you concepts that keep you in what we call an anabolic uh, physiology for too long. Anabolic means building up. So catabolic means breaking down. And our body really needs to cycle between catabolic, breaking down, cleansing, healing, and anabolic, where we're building up, okay, and, 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 and building tissue. And so if we're eating every few hours, like what most fitness nutrition professionals out there are teaching, they're saying, well, you need to eat, need to eat you know, this amount of protein right after you exercise. You need to eat this amount of protein every three or four hours. When we're doing that, we're keeping our body in an anabolic mode. And a lot of times they're teaching you, you need to eat carbohydrates, you need this amount of carbohydrates with this amount of protein. And the whole idea there is, let's keep your body in an anabolic mode, building up, building up, building up. The problem with that, that is it sacrifices your longevity. Now it will increase muscle size. You will get gains from that, that approach, but you're also driving up more inflammation, more cell reproduction that takes place, more oxidative stress in your system, and that's gonna sacrifice your overall health and well-being for the long-term. But there is a way to cycle between being in an anabolic mode and the catabolic. Uh, you know, the, the, the flip side to being anabolic too much is being too catabolic. That's where we see sarcopenia, right? Where people are losing that muscle tissue. They're in a catabolic, they're, they're in, a, in, a, in a state where they're stuck in a catabolic mode. They're not building the tissue. So we need to balance it. And that's what these steps and principles are about to teach you. So the first thing is resistance training. You need to actually lift weight and you need to really challenge your system. So you wanna be lifting in a rep range roughly between let's say six and 12 reps something that challenges you. If you wanna build more muscle tissue, you lift heavier weight for a lower amount of reps. Somewhere in that like six to 10 range is usually a good idea, maybe five to 10, somewhere in that rep range. If you're not as interested in growing larger muscle tissue, you could stick with you know eight to 12, 10 to 12 reps. Um, really anything beyond 15, if it's easy enough to do 15 reps, you're getting less muscle building benefits from it. You still will get some benefit from it. You'll still prime your mitochondria. You'll still uh, you know, increase your overall metabolic demand on your system, which will help you burn fat, things like that. It will, will create uh, better muscular endurance, but you're really not getting the muscle building benefits. So you want something that challenges you in, in a sense that you're going to failure somewhere between that six to 12 rep range. So to get 12 reps, that last one is really hard. That's what I'm talking about when I say six to 12 reps. So again, if you wanna build more muscle, you're doing it six to 10 reps. Now, the kind of exercise you do matters as well. There are certain types of exercises where you're using multiple muscle groups. We call those compound exercises. Compound exercise, an example of that would be like a, a chest press or a bench press or a bent over row. That when you're rowing and you're bent over, you're gonna use back muscles, you're gonna use your biceps, you're gonna use your uh, shoulder muscles on your backside, we call those your posterior deltoids. So you're gonna use a lot of different muscle groups, some multi-joint exercise, as opposed to a bicep curl. When you're doing a bicep curl, you're isolating your bicep. We call that an isolation exercise. 
isolation exercise, you get less benefits. You really don't get your a great return on investment, right? So you want the best ROI for the exercise that you're doing and for the time that you're spending. If you're spending a majority of your time doing isolation exercises, you're getting a very low amount of ROI, very low return on investment. When you're doing the compound exercises, you're secreting more growth factors, you're stimulating more muscle tissue, and you're putting your body more in that anabolic state where it can really, you know, in a sense, grow and develop these muscles because they're being stimulated to failure as opposed to, again, the isolation exercise. So I'm not against doing isolation exercises, but they should be done at the end of a workout and you know you just don't want to waste a whole lot of time doing those. If you have extra time, you feel good, you're, you're recovering from your exercise well, you might throw in a few isolation exercises, but primarily stick with the compound exercises, squats, deadlifts, chest presses, overhead shoulder presses, bent over rows, pull-ups, pull-downs, assisted pull-ups, things like that that are gonna, again, stimulate large muscle groups. You're gonna get your best benefit. Lunges are another great one for your legs. You'd never wanna skip legs because legs are gonna really help get, get you more benefits. The more muscle tissue you stimulate during your exercise, the, the better growth factor benefits that you're gonna get. Now, with resistance training, you also need to make sure you're cycling in enough rest between sets. So what I like to do is I'll do one day where I do upper body and I'm doing push-pull exercises, and then I will rest that muscle group for 48 to 72 hours after that. So the next day I might do lower body where I'm doing lunges, deadlifts, squats. And when I'm doing my lower body, usually I'm doing a little bit of core as well. I might do stability ball crunches or something along those lines, but I'm, I'm rotating between upper body lower body, right? And I might do upper body, lower body, day off. Upper body, lower body, day off. So let's say Monday I did upper body, Tuesday I did lower body, Wednesday I took off. And all I did was I maybe took a walk that day, maybe I played with my kids, but I didn't do any specific resistance training. Then Thursday I did upper body, Friday I did lower body, Saturday I took off. That kind of training is gonna help you recover. It's gonna help avoid overtraining. And when you're in that recovery mode, that's when your body really makes the best gains. You really need to recover and adapt effectively between workouts or you risk overtraining and putting your body into too much of a catabolic mode where you're creating too much muscle inflammation and oxidative stress. So that's the key with resistance training. Number two is diet, making sure you're dialing in your protein. I also have down here, making sure you're eating enough calories. And that's important because some people are not eating enough calories and therefore they're not gonna build the muscle. But you really also wanna make sure, you obviously you're consuming the calories you need. If you're looking to lose weight, you might have a small calorie deficit, but in general, consuming the calories you need and then making sure you dial in your protein. I recommend somewhere between 0.6 to one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Now, if you're very overweight, let's say you have an extra 100 pounds of body fat on you, then you might look at it like 0.6 grams to one gram of lean body mass. So if you're 30% body fat, and let's say you know, you're uh, 300 pounds, okay? Uh, well, let's say you're 33% body fat and you're 300 pounds, then you know, take off a third of that, so you'd look at more like 200 grams of protein, somewhere between uh, 100 to 200 grams of protein in that range would probably be the right ratio of protein for you. Outside of that, if you're very active, you're doing the resistance training, getting around one gram of protein, like I'm about, I'm, I'm roughly 170 
pounds. So I try to, you know, roughly get somewhere between, let's say 130 to 170 grams of protein a day. And when I do that, I feel great, right? I really feel very good, very satiated. I feel like my body's recovering from workouts. Um, I feel like I'm able to fast longer and get the benefits of intermittent fasting. And that's really number three here is getting in that intermittent fasting. And the reason why intermittent fasting is powerful is because it increases human growth hormone. Growth hormone is a quintessential anti-aging hormone. It helps you burn fat. It helps you preserve and build lean body tissue. So growth hormone elevates as you're fasting. So I like to work out at the end of my fast. So I might fast for 16, 18 hours and then work out. And now my growth hormone is elevated from the fasting and the workout elevates growth hormone. And now I put myself in this really good kind of anabolic state to help build muscle. Also fasting helps to increase the, the catabolic mechanism as well. It's, it's like the perfect balancer because it activates autophagy and autophagy is where you break down old damaged cellular debris. So within the cell, you have mitochondria that have been damaged from uh, metabolic stress. We need to break those down and we need to take the raw materials and turn them into healthy, strong, stress-resilient mitochondria. Fasting does that. Fasting makes our body more resilient and helps, helps our body create healthier, more stress-resilient cells. And so that's what we want to do. So fasting does that and especially fasting coupled with exercise. When you fast and then you break your fast with a workout, that really stresses all the cells of your body. And that stress helps get rid of the dysfunctional, damaged cellular debris and the cells that are just not metabolically flexible, not good at burning fat for fuel. We get start getting rid of those and we upregulate. We increase the production of stem cells, which are these new younger embryonic cells that can burn fat as well as burn sugar for fuel. They're very metabolically flexible and they're great energy producers. So the more cellular energy we produce, the better we're gonna be able to feel. I wanna tell you guys about an entire line of teas formulated specifically to enhance the benefits of fasting. It's peak tea and it's the highest quality tea that's out there. It's extracted via cold brew crystallization that gently preserves active compounds at their maximum potential with no prep or brewing needed. It's 100% organic and triple toxin screen for pesticides, heavy metals, and toxic mold, which is really common in tea. And it's screened for the highest possible purity. Peak Tea is designed to shut down your appetite, reduce cravings, enhance the benefits of fasting, and support healthy weight management. These teas are delicious and they won't break your fast. They've got bergamot fasting tea, which is loaded with theoflavins to nourish gut bacteria, support digestion and boost satiety, and beat hunger pangs. It's also got the bergamot that's in there, which offers a flavorful burst of citrus and its oils enhance digestion and provide unique mood boosting properties. They've got ginger green fasting tea, which supports digestion and the concentrated green tea catechins provide satiety and the green tea delivers calm focused energy. They also have cinnamon herbal fasting tea, which cinnamon we know supports balanced blood sugar and helps manage cravings and it's naturally caffeine free. Peak is extending a limited time offer just for my audience. For a limited time, get up to 20% off plus two free gifts with my link. Just head over to peaklife.com forward slash chockers. That's P-I-Q-U-E 
L-I-F-E.com forward slash J-O-C-K-E-R-S now. And that will get you 20% off plus two free gifts. And there's a reason Peak has over 15,000 five-star reviews. Try it for yourself risk-free with their 30-day satisfaction guarantee. And you either love it or you get your money back. So again, go to peaklife.com forward slash jockers to get up to 20% off your fasting teas plus two free gifts. Are restless nights stealing your sleep? Well, if so, I have a podcast recommendation for you. It's called Sleep Magic. On the Sleep Magic podcast, episodes are delivered in relaxing, soft tones, getting slower as the episode goes on with relaxing suggestions that encourage sleep. Sleep Magic has over 100 free episodes, so there are plenty of options to choose from, and the show is already trusted by hundreds of thousands of people who use it every night to get better sleep. So go subscribe to Sleep Magic now wherever you listen to podcasts and start listening for free today. Just search Sleep Magic on your favorite podcast app. So fasting coupled with exercise. So do a 16 or 18 hour fast on a regular basis, finish it with a great workout, okay? Now, for certain individuals, you may not do that every day, maybe three days a week, you do their intermittent fasting, great. That can be really, really helpful as well. Or you might feel great doing it every day. It really depends, and so you gotta figure that out. If you're a female, okay, especially a menstruating female, you really wanna do it around your menstrual cycle. So the last week before you, before day one, before you menstruate, that last week, it's not a good idea to do more intense fasting, 16, 18, 20, 24 hour fast. It's better to eat more like a, uh, a 10 hour eating window, 10, 11 hour eating window and do less fasted exercise because it could stress your system and cause dysregularities with your menstrual cycle. So avoid it the last week. Other than that, for the most part, you should be good with doing some sort of intermittent fast followed by exercise, followed by a high protein meal. Now going back up here with protein, we talked about the amount of protein. What are the protein sources? That's important too, because many people out there are telling you, hey, just load up on these processed protein bars, protein drinks. Don't really worry about the quality of the meat you consume. Just consume a lot of animal protein or consume these processed vegetable proteins. I recommend as much whole food-based protein as possible. So getting it from grass-fed beef, pasture-raised eggs, wild-caught fish, um, organic dairy, organic, ideally grass-fed if you're able to get it. So you might do organic grass-fed cheese or organic grass-fed Greek yogurt as long as your body's able to tolerate dairy, it doesn't have an immune reaction to dairy. That can be a great source of protein. So that's what you're looking at there, trying to get it from you know organic chicken. So trying to get organic and as much grass-fed pasture-raised animal products or wild-caught seafood as you can. The reason why we want to organic is we want to reduce the amount of toxins. When we look at nutrition, we should be thinking, I want maximal nutrients, minimal toxins. You're going to get a lot more nutrients in animals that are fed organic feed or grass-fed ideally than you will from conventional, and you're going to get significantly less toxins, less herbicides, pesticides, antibiotics, hormones in there. All those things drive up inflammation, damage your gut, and they don't set you up for healthy longevity. And so ultimately, you gotta look at the quality of the protein, not just the amount, where is it coming from? You want the quality of the protein. So you combine the resistance training with the protein with periodic strategic intermittent fasting, and then you can add in a little bit of carb cycling. 
The benefit of carb cycling is it will load your muscles with glycogen. So we talked about how your muscles actually will store sugar. And when you're on a lower carbohydrate diet, your body will break down, or if you're intermittent fasting, it will break down some of that stored sugar for energy. And when your, your body, when you start to prime your muscles, they get better and better and better at pulling the sugar out of the bloodstream and putting it into the muscles. And the way that we stimulate that is periodic low-carb diets where we're, we have less carbohydrate for, let's say, a day or two. And, then, and, and we're doing resistance training. We're doing high-intensity exercise training. So we're depleting the glycogen. And then we add in a surplus of it, right? And so you might have root vegetables or fruit, which is really my favorite. And this is something you can do every day. Like you might do it in one meal a day where you kind of add in this bolus of um, healthy, ideally nutrient-dense forms of carbohydrate that now go directly into the muscle and increase the glycogen. With the glycogen comes water. So when the body brings sugar into the muscle, it also brings water. And that gives increased size to the muscles. So now you get the increased size benefit and performance benefit. The key though here is keeping your body very insulin sensitive. As you lose insulin sensitivity and those cells become more insulin resistant, you get less of the kind of muscle building benefit that come from carbs. And that's where periodic, what we call carb cycling, times where you're low carb, which could be intermittent fasting, could be you know eating low carb meals, and then periodic priming with, with more carbohydrates. Depending on your baseline level of insulin sensitivity, and, and that will depend on you know, how long you've been training, how long you've been eating right and intermittent fasting, that will tell you how often you can add in those extra carbs. Again, if you're feeling like when you add them in, you have more belly fat, you don't feel as good, you have more cravings, things like that, you might need to do it less often. Ideally, you get to the point where you understand how often you can add in, let's say 30, 40, 50, 60 grams of carbohydrates, again, from healthier sources, ideally root vegetables, uh, fruit, things like that, and actually feel really good and see an improvement in your performance. And that will really help. So that's carb cycling. We talked about eating enough calories, just making sure that you're consuming enough calories. If you're, if you're already lean, you're, you're lifting, you're trying to follow these principles, but you just don't feel like you're getting the kind of muscle performance that you want, you might not be eating enough, right? So try eating more calories in that case. And that is a mistake I see people make. Oftentimes they're just not consuming enough quality calories and a quality protein. Number six is sun expo exposure. Believe it or not, actually getting in the sun increases nitric oxide levels in your blood. And that nitric oxide helps dilate and bring more oxygen and nutrients to the cells of your body. It also increases intracellular melatonin and that melatonin, which we think of as a sleep hormone, and it's very, it is incredibly important for sleep, but also inside the cell, it gets into the mitochondria and it helps reduce oxidative stress in the mit mitochondria, which allows the mitochondria to function better and to be more stress resilient. So getting daily sun exposure on as much of your body as possible. I like to, as much as possible, get out without my shirt on. Now, obviously for some of you guys not able to do that, but try to get as much of your skin exposed to sun as possible on a daily basis if you can, certainly once a week or, or multiple times a week during you know, the, the time of year where you're able to, you can even consider using things like tanning beds. Uh, obviously you don't wanna burn, uh, but just getting a little bit of time in UV light will actually help stimulate that melatonin production. So that's really powerful. Obviously 
A lot of benefits to vitamin D. You know, from the sun, we know vitamin D is a pro-hormone, so it helps increase our and optimize our sex hormone production, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, all very important for muscle building, particularly testosterone, one of the most important hormones. Obviously, men have more of it, and that's why men will get, it's easier for men to build muscle, but for women, you have testosterone as well. And there's many women out there that are very low in testosterone. Obviously, we know with men, it's an epidemic where so many men are low in testosterone resistance training, all these things I'm talking about, intermittent fasting, sun exposure, critical for testosterone production. So making sure that you're getting out in the sun whenever you're able to, that can be really helpful. Um, you don't wanna sunburn, but you wanna get some level of exposure to sun to, in, in a sense, almost to where the sun is slightly stressing your body. That's when you know you had enough, right? Just kind of a light coloring of your skin you know, or maintaining like a base tan throughout the year can be really, really helpful because that's when you know the sun is adding a little bit of stress to your system, causing the production of vitamin D, causing the production of melanin in your skin, causing the increase in nitric oxide, all those great benefits that you'll get when you're getting enough sun exposure. Number, But even if you can't do that, just getting some sun exposure is certainly better than none. Even if you're you know, maybe you're the, you have a skin type where you burn after 15 minutes. Hey, get 10 minutes, right? Every day, get some level of sun exposure. It's going to be helpful. Number seven is good sleep. You need to sleep. That's really when you recover. That is when the recovery happens. So do everything you can to prioritize good, deep, restorative sleep. Have really good sleep hygiene. Make sure that your room is cool, dark. Make sure that you're blocking out blue light at night, any sort of uh, bright lights. Making sure you're dimming your lights. Making sure that you've got blue light blocking glasses on in the evening if you're on screens or if you're on any sort of light. And then making sure that you've got an eye mask over your eyes at night. That's gonna really help block out any sort of ambient light that might be getting into your room. You know, close the shades, do all that kind of stuff, but the sleep mask, I'm telling you, that can be really, really helpful. And uh, make sure you don't eat too late at night because that can throw off your digestive system, reduce the amount of melatonin your body releases at night, throw off your growth hormone levels. You know, your, your, the, time, the period of time where your growth hormone is at the highest is between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., as long as your body's insulin sensitive, so your blood sugar's stable, and you get into some level of deep sleep during that period of time, your body's gonna produce a lot of this amazing growth hormone, which again, helps preserve lean body mass and helps stimulate fat burning, helps regenerate your immune system, helps regenerate collagen in your skin and your joints. So super important. So trying to get really good quality, deep sleep, trying to get to bed a little earlier, keeping the blue light down, optimize your light exposure. If you do those things, you're gonna notice healthy muscle that your body's gonna build. You're gonna feel better than ever. You're gonna feel stronger, more stress resilient than you have. And you're gonna set yourself up for really good longevity, great health span, well into your 70s, 80s, and 90s, and maybe beyond, and great longevity that you're gonna have. So there are many ways to build muscle. One way is for short-term gains focus primarily on short-term gains with little regard to the damage that's done long-term. That's not what we're talking about in this video. We talked about how to optimize muscle growth, but also longevity and health span along the way. So hopefully you guys got a lot out of this video. Be sure to share it with somebody that you know and that you care about, and we'll see you on a future training. Be blessed, everybody. 
Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.